the book of Acts was written by the same author that wrote Luke and picks up where the Gospel of Luke left off. It takes us on a journey of Jesus' followers as they were given power from the Spirit of God and shows us the beginning of the movement called The Way, which is the start of the church as we know it. In Acts, Jesus' followers were tasked with a simple goal, to spread the good news of the kingdom of God from Judea to Samaria and then to the ends of the world. Join us as we explore the book of Acts. My name is Pastor Aaron. And I'm Pastor Leon. And we'd like to welcome you to Calvary's Compass. All right, we are now diving into Acts chapter 2. Yep. Um, We are... I'm going to go through a couple verses today and just follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Um, And it says this, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And then suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty, mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there was dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, from every nation under heaven. And this sound of the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not these those who are Galileans? And how is it that we each hear our own language and our native tongue? the Parthians, the Medes, and the Elamites, and the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontius, Asia, Phrygia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and the visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, and Syrians uh, and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongue the mighty works of God. And all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, but what does this mean? But the others mock said they were filled with new wine. So we're gonna kind of just pause there and see, and see how um, how it leads us. But first and foremost, um, the last where we left off, um, the disciples were looking up, waiting, waiting mm-hmm. for Jesus, and and he said the angels are like, hey, go and listen and wait and. And, and, and Jerusalem and until the promise arrives. They didn't know what the promise was. Um, but I want to take note that they were in one place with one mind and one accord. Um, they were focusing on the task at hand, which they didn't know what it was, but they were just sitting there focusing on God, being still and, and, and waiting until God showed up and gave what he was supposed to give. And when it happened... It was something that they have never experienced before. It was something new, something mighty, something powerful. Um, there are many things that I want to point out. First and foremost is they're in an upper room. And in this upper room, as they were together, what came down? There was a sound of a mighty rushing wind. It filled the house, and then fire came and rested upon each one of them. Well, that's echoing God's visitation to Moses on top of Mount Sinai. Mm-hmm. When Moses went up onto the mountain on Mount Sinai and God descended, there was this loud noise like a thunder from heaven. And then this wind started 
coming and and, and a cloud of smoke and fire descended upon the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, and later in this, we're going to see that 3,000 people are, are um, baptized into the church. But also on the day that, that God descended upon Mount Sinai, the earth actually opened up and swallowed 3,000 people. Mm-hmm. So that this descending of the Holy Spirit is actually mimicking um, that which happened on Mount Sinai when God brought the the covenant. And in the New Testament, now he's establishing this new covenant with his people of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And it mimics um, the old covenant. But if we remember in Hebrews, it says that the old covenant brought death, whereas the new covenant brings life. And you see this playing out with with um, in, in Exodus when God descended, the 3,000 people died. But here, 3,000 people actually come to life. They come to the new life in Christ. And so that, that goes to show me that this was God's plan all along. God always wanted to, to actually make his dwelling place inside of us. That way we can dwell inside of him. He He's always wanted this to happen, but he realized that the only way that he could do this was to give the sacrifice of himself in order to pay that price to 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 bring together the two things that was once ripped apart. Well, this is, I mean, there's a lot of symbolism. I mean, we, we can take this all the, back, all the way back to Genesis and then the days of Noah where the Holy Spirit um, was released the from dove. the ark and the dove. And Genesis talks about the, Holy, the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the face or the waters of the yeah. deep. So this is this is all a releasing. And, and this was a period of transition which Jesus was present in flesh, now present in the Spirit. Yeah. And here's something that I think we need to specify. Um, nowhere in the Bible does the Bible ever rank God first, Jesus second, Holy Spirit Mm-mm. third. Nope. It's not an order like that. And and what I I mean, at least what I've been taught, you know, the Holy Spirit's the third person of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. No, he is the person of the Trinity. They're all one, but yet separate. Makes sense? Well, I think I think in what you need to consider is I think you're going this direction, I'm not sure, but uh consider is this is the the Ida, um order of release. I mean, you have God, then Christ, right. and then the Holy Spirit, though they are one. Right. You know, again, we can go all the way back to Genesis is let us make man in our own image. This is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This right. is the unity thing. Right. Three chord strand. Right. I mean, even in the first three verses mm-hmm. of Genesis, you see the Father, Son, and Holy mm-hmm. Spirit at work. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, God mm-hmm. created the heavens and the earth. Yep. And he said, what's the word? It's Jesus. And yep. the Spirit hovered yep. over the face of the deep. Yep. That's all Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um so I mean, even with John the Baptist, when when Jesus went to go be baptized by John the Baptist, God, the Holy Spirit the Holy descended Spirit upon him, dove, like a dove, and God, John heard God say, "This is my beloved Son, whom I'm with." Please, yeah. So you're dealing with the faction of all three working together in unity, right? And so, at least when I was growing up, um, the way that I heard it. Mm-hmm. Was that this is the third person yeah. and and you know third in line <laughs> right right third in line you know God's number one Jesus is number two number one and and right the Holy Spirit is number three <laughs> and so it's like that's not the case no though that may have been the order of release to the disciples and and to the world um, there is no ranking mm-hmm. they're all the same they're on the same playing field and I think this is where we see in the body of Christ ranking right uh, but we're all one body. There's different parts of the body the Bible speaks of, but we're all one body working together in one spirit. 
Right. And and we are the resurrected body already. Right. I mean, now we, there will become a day of resurrection, but we are the resurrected Correct. current body because we once were dead. Now we are alive right. in the spirit, as you spoke of. Yep. So this is this is uh, this is transition. This is what Pentecost is about. And it's not it's not just the Holy Spirit coming down and ascending. It's that's his name. It's Holy Spirit. Holy, holy Spirit. God's holy, as you do in on your sermons, yeah. God's quote, holy, holy. spirit. Yeah. <clears throat> spirit is ruach. Ruach mm. means breath. Yep. And so think of it as this. God, when he speaks, it's Jesus. But what carries the speech, it's God's breath that carries the speech mm. forward. Yes. And so all three work together as one body, one flesh, one accord, just because they seem to be three separate, um, I don't want to say entities, but mm. three separate Godhead, right? Right. Characteristics. They're characteristics, like right. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think God has more than just three characteristics. Absolutely. But I think the divine that is being uh, revealed. Right. Uh, that 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 people, the church, can encounter of the divine. Right. This right. is Emmanuel, God with us. And right. Jesus was with man. Now, now we within the, us. Now, yes. Yeah. Within us, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And and so, a lot of, I mean, we we say that the evidence of Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. That's the Pentecostal. Version. That's the Pentecostal theology behind yeah. it all. But, um. You know, we saw them speaking in tongues, but, you know, what, what kind of tongues were they speaking in? You know what I'm saying? Was it was it like a heavenly language, or mm. was it a language that they did not know how to speak in? Well, I mean, when you read further down in this chapter, Correct. which we'll hit, um, and uh, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun for you now. Well, I read it all, so. Okay, so the thing is this. Um, they're hearing their own language. Correct. And I think this is how God uh, communicates, which we spoke of a while back ago in our podcast. This is what the Tower of Babel did to separate. This is God bringing, the bringing everything back together. Right. Yep. So so we, we're now looking at a unified church because of his spirit. Correct. Oh, holy yep. spirit. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that the whole the speaking in tongues thing, I mean, and it says here, right here in, in chapter 1, I mean, chapter 2, verse 6, um, because they were astonished, they were speaking in their own language. Mm. And, and whose language? Well, we just went through a name of uh, of, of countries and, and different parts, you know, Mesopotamia, Cappadocia, Phrygia, Egypt, mm-hmm. Libya, uh, Arabians, um, Asian people like they got, they were speaking in other people's languages doing what proclaiming the mighty works of God well when you look at the actual Greek definition or word knowledge of this tongue it's, it is talk about dialect yeah. people from distinct nations or other nations yes so these tongues that were being spoken they were because they were from other nations this is how the gospel is being spread that's the beginning of the spreading of the gospel throughout all the world right the holy spirit yep and that's what holy spirit gives to us Mm -hmm. and that's why i don't think that that the evidence should be speaking in tongues only only Mm -hmm. i mean it's a evidence. It's a evidence, but not the evidence. And I think where our the churches have gotten led astray right here is saying, well, you know, you speak in tongues, check. You do this, check. You, and this is a sign, check. But 
the greatest sign I think we talked about this is love. Love is the character, the main characteristic of God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit all combined into one. That is their goal. Why did they allow and permit the disciples to speak in other people's tongues? Mm-hmm. So that way they can see the good works of God and turn to Him. Um, I was too young for this. I was probably about four or five years old when I went to South America with my family to see my mom's family. Uh, my mother's part Colombian. And um, one of the things that um, I remember vaguely, uh, we were in a church in South America because uh, my parents, we, we were there for a month, believe it or not. So that's why things really stuck out to me because things were pivotal for that point. Yeah. And I remember going to the church and they wanted to hear my mother and father sing a song in English. So my mother and father went up and they sang a song. And then the spirit came on my father and he started singing in Spanish. He does not know Spanish. No. <laughs> my, if you've ever met no, my he father, does not. <laughs> he, he is a Southern boy. As you can get, yep. okay. He, the slang of Southern vernacular, you would know if you want. She speak yeah. to him. Yep. But my father, by the leading of the Spirit of God, spoke or actually sang in South American perfectly. That my grandfather was amazed by it. Wow. And so, so you know, this this is that the dialect that the Holy Spirit brought. You know, which the Tower of Babel. God saw a unholy unity. Yep. He had to divide the tongues. But now when he sees a holy unity he brings in the upper it room, he brings it together. Mm-hmm. Correct. And this is why they all began to speak. Yep. Because he was letting all who listen hear. I mean, I've even heard of other ministers talk about, like, um, I don't like dropping names, but I will. Um, I remember a while back ago, a long time ago, I remember hearing Perry uh, Stone say his father couldn't go up to any person and speak the dialect of their language fluently with accents and everything. But that's the amazing part of the Holy Spirit. And and the uh, unfortunate thing is, um, and, I, and I'm not dismantling any denomination. I'm in a denomination. I know what this yeah. our denomination stands for, but I'm trying to be more, I'm outside looking in. And, and we were taught and still are taught that the evidence is speaking in tongues, but it is a a evidence. You know, even in the Bible even talks, and I think the reason why they gear to this is because the Bible talks about that they pray in a language that they do not understand. That's why they call it a holy language. That's why they call it that way. They identify that. But I think when we really come down to it, it is it, it you won't ever find evidence, the word evidence, the word. Right. That listed in scripture but in fact when you look at uh acts two uh four let me look at that one more time yeah 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 acts two and they four. were all filled with the holy spirit and began to speak in other tongues as, as the spirit gave them utterance. utterance let me look that up real quick utterance yeah well i'll continue reading now, now dwelling mm-hmm. in jerusalem there are jews devout men from every nation verse six and the sound of the multitude came together and they were bewildered because they each one were hearing them speak in his own language. Mm. So I even think, now don't stone me, that they weren't even speaking a heavenly language in this moment. They were right. speaking. Because they all heard their own language. In other people's own language. When you look at the, the verbiage of utterance in the Greek, you'll see to speak out, to speak forth, to pronounce. Not a, not a word of everyday speech, 
but one belonging to uh, dignify and elevated discourse. I mean, however they say in that. Right. But, but it's basically, it's talking about you're just speaking out. Uh, you're uttering the language that's given. Right. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit gives us, breaks the barrier. Right. And I also want to clarify that I don't think that I'm, I think that people can be filled with the Holy Spirit and not speak in tongues. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's Which the contradicts proof? doctrine of mainline denominations. Well, let's look at 1 Corinthians 12.10. Okay. Okay. It says, The gifts of the Spirit, to one is given the gifts of tongues, mm-hmm. to another the gift of interpretation, yep. to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discerning of spirits. And all of these are to work together to help the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. So to that verse to me is saying, well, some people get speaking in tongues. Some people get the interpretation. Some people do the miracles. Some people do the prophecy. It's not all coming from one person. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Now but it does say when you do prophesy in the or you know, do that in the church, you are to interpret. You pray that God will give you the interpretation. That God would give an interpretation. Yeah. Yes, and, and a lot of you know, a lot of people pray for that. Well, let me interpret what you've given me. Right. You know, and that's. I mean, I've been in services in that nature too. Right. Right. And and if nobody steps forward to give that interpretation, he will use the same person to give correct. the interpretation. That's correct. Um, but notice, no more than two per service. Right. There's an order to things. Right. Right. And so. You know, obviously with everything there is grace and mercy. Mm -hmm. And so we cannot distinctively, definitively say that this is right, this is wrong, this is what the Bible says, this Mm -hmm. is, you know, because we're not the authors of the Bible. and We're just giving you what we are feeling our opinion is. And so to me, you know, I'm seeing that if all of these gifts, I'm not just saying speaking in tongues and interpretation, I'm saying prophecy. Miracle working. I'm saying we can all flow through those yeah. things, mm-hmm. right? Gift of the but Spirit. But we all have one main gift, which is love. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible also says, I think Paul says it, you know, you can speak in eloquent tongues. You can give prophecy. But if you lack love, what good is any of that? And right. so the evidence, I think, of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life is how well you love the other person. And the Holy Spirit, he enabled the disciples to speak and to proclaim the goodness of God to unbelievers in their own native language to show them how much he loves them. Right. And I think that's what it's all about. I don't think that that it's saying, oh, you know, you go in your prayer closet and you you pray in tongues for three hours and you know you're you're doing your time. Right. That's that's not what I see happening. I have nothing against that. That's fine if that's what you do. But there is so much more to the depth of Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to say the Holy Spirit. I'm Holy Holy Spirit. That's His name because as an extension of God, the ho- holiness is yes. an extension of God. Yes. It's his holy breath. Yeah, right. Breathing through us. And so, you know, there's so much depth to Holy Spirit. And 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 we tend to write him off so many times. Mm-hmm. We neglect to recognize the moving of Holy Spirit. And and we I mean I've I've heard people say, Well, if you don't speak in tongues, then you're going to hell, which is completely Incorrect. wrong. Mm-hmm. Incorrect. And 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 so 
there has to come a line where we stop playing God and saying, well, this person's going to go to hell. This person's not. How about you just love to the best of your ability and let God work it out? Well, what we're finding today is, and this is the sad part of it, is, you know, we are a, a people who are extreme. Yeah. Our nature is very extreme. I mean, you even have um, um, uh, videos and movies of people doing extreme things out of ordinary, just to, for right. the thrill of it. So right. we go beyond normal things. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I think that this is why we see multiple denominations, because somebody's going too far. I mean, that's why people split denominations. Yes. I mean, I know we did a podcast two years ago with Father Steve. Mm-hmm. He is an Episcopal priest. And he... Spirit-filled. Spirit-filled. He's a great guy. We yep. still are friends with him. And yep, we love that guy. We love that guy. He's actually running two charges yes, right he is. now. Yes, he's a busy man. Yeah, he's very, very busy. So shout out if you're listening. But, um, you know... And, and we, we actually, I think we talked about mm-hmm. this, the splits of the churches. Yep. It came from doctrinal disagreements mm-hmm. because man entered his own opinion, which disagreed with another man's opinion of the way things should be. And now that's why we have, you know, infinite amount of denominations. Mm-hmm. We can't count them. Right. Now we have independent denominations where this independent church believes this, whereas this independent church believes something completely different. They're not even on the same spectrum. I mean, a lot of churches broke broke from the Azusa Street, <clears throat> and now we got Church of God, Church of God of Prophecy, First Church of God, Church of God of Christ, Church of God of Christ, Second Church of God, Assemblies Assemblies of God, which yep. branches. We're all the same. Yep. It's just there's something small, just different. Right. And and so when you're when you're dealing with Holy Spirit, not the Holy Spirit, yeah. Holy Spirit, because that's what we're identifying as today. So it might sound weird to you for the listeners, but Holy Spirit. Um, has many attributes displaying Father right. God, and when in First Corinthians twelve, which you actually touched on it, you know the the body, the believe, you know the, the gifts of the Spirit, mm. spiritual giftings. You know, if you look at it, there even in First Corinthians twelve four talks about that there are different kinds of of gifts, right? But the same Spirit, right? So so <clears throat> so you can't say that's not Holy Spirit's working. And only say that's you know speaking in tongues is Holy Spirit. Yeah. But the but concerning gifts of the Spirit is Holy Spirit. Right. Now let me tell you, I've been in Pentecostal services where these people get up and start speaking in tongues. I'm like, that doesn't sound. <laughs> that don't sound right. No. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you know, you and I went to the same college, but mm-hmm. 20 years apart. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure you've had a fair amount of experiences of mm. of uh, um, people. Falling down out of sympathy, yeah. you know, and and we used to call them uh, frosted flakes, fruit loops. <laughs> <laughs> those are the words we we would say. That's a little bit of frosted flakes. That's we we just picked up some fruit loops. Or those or those people <laughs> that have come up and, and prophesy something to you, and you're like, that has nothing, nothing to, do to do with do my with life, me. you know. And so people try to mm. be something that they're not. They try to have the gift that the whole that that Holy Spirit hasn't given them, mm-hmm. and 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 so. You know, even me, even you, I, th- mm-hmm. I feel we've all in our Christian life have tried to to step outside of the gifts that Holy Spirit has given us. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. No matter how big or small your gift is, 
you are needed and an essential part of the body of Christ because all of them work together for the greater good. Well, I believe we are jumping ahead of ourselves just a tad bit. I mean, we're we're dealing with Acts 19, if you really want to identify with this, what you're speaking of, because in Acts 19... uh, That's Peter's sermon. Yeah, and, and, you know, the the Holy Spirit, you know, was moving, and and these guys were trying to mimic the movement of the Holy Spirit and, and cast out the devil. And they said, Jesus, I know Paul, I know, but who are you? Oh, yeah, yeah. You understand? Yeah, Acts so, 19, okay. Yeah, Acts 19. So, so reality is you cannot be something you're not. Right. And, and this is why this is so important to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit because yeah. there's many attributes of God that God chooses to manifest through his people, and it's going to be by his Spirit. Right. Holy Spirit does that. Now, what's the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? It's, I think, it's me recognizing that I was once dead and now I'm alive. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, in other languages is a evidence, not the only. Yeah. And I know this is rubbing people the wrong way Who's who grew up in Pentecost raised and reared i was that one too but the more you spend time alone with the father holy spirit starts to speak to you and the different measures that god wants to expand in the church yes and to and and when you got the same thing that i have received in my quiet time and my journaling time that you know the bread is being forsaken in the body of christ why? Yep. Because people are not open to the whole to Holy Spirit. Yep. You know the moving of Holy Spirit. Yep. And so when we're following Holy Spirit's lead, we we realize. I mean, look at this. When if you re-examine what we just read in Acts two about the day of Pentecost, which used this is dealing with Passover. Yes. Okay. So and then fifty days from that. Fifty point, days after Passover. Yeah. After Passover, this Pente is fifty. Yep. And so. <clears throat> This is when that the sound from heaven, this is heaven to earth. I mean, we've been touching on this. We've even preached series yep. on this. And, and this is heaven to earth. This is this is Jesus, remember, Acts 1, he ascended to heaven. Yep. The angel said, what are you looking for? Yep. Why now are you standing here? coming back to the earth. Right. You're going to have to wait for him to come back. Well, oh, am I, I mean, Jesus is coming back. Well, yes, he is coming back. But reality is Holy Spirit is coming back in proxy of the Father. Mm. Though he is the Father, think about that. He is Father God. Yeah, Holy Spirit is Father holy God because He's holy. Right. And what did what did the creatures cry out to God's holy, throne? Holy, holy, holy. So holy Spirit right. comes. Right. It's Him breathing, like as Come as. On. Yep, as in Genesis when yep. he breathed into Adam's nostrils. Yep. Yeah, it's him breathing yep. into yes us. Mm-hmm. It's it's giving his... life to the mortal body. Exactly, and so <laughs> when this happens, it's it's literally like he gives us CPR. He breathes into mm-hmm. our nostrils. Defibrillates. He, us. he 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 brings us back to life. And those of you who remember your conversion from death to life, you remember. This weight was just lifted off of your shoulders and you just feel like you're able to breathe again. Well, that's because he's breathed his life into you. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing that I think we've been neglecting. It's like, you know, we've we've made salvation such a crucial part, which it is crucial, but of course we've 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 made it into something that it's not by saying, Well, you know, you need it in order to get to heaven. You need it in order to get to heaven. And we've become so heavenly focused mm-hmm. that we don't realize 
the impact that we can have here on this earth today. And and we've made salvation into your one-way ticket out of hell mm. and not uh, look at the life you can live here. Look how you can be Christ on the earth here. Look how you can transform the the desert places around you here into the luscious Garden of Eden once again. And so we've un- unfortunately been taught the wrong salvation message. Mm-hmm. I mean, Explain this, that. Break that down right. so people understand. Okay, so... At, we'll, we'll we'll get to read um, Peter's um, sermon. Yeah, um, that saves three thousand people. He opens the kingdom, right? He opens the kingdom. He's saves opening the kingdom. Three thousand people. Not once does he ever talk about you're going to burn in hell if you don't come to mm-hmm. come to Christ. Okay. Not once does he ever say, you know, you better be afraid on the day of judgment. Because you're going to burn forever and you're going to go to hell. Not once does he say that. He says, look at this amazing life that you can have. Look at this chance of hope and freedom that you are freely given. Look at these gifts that God will freely give to you. If what? If you turn to him. Mm -hmm. Look at this righteous and holy life that you can now live because of Christ. Not once does he mention hell. Not once does he mention eternal punishment and torment. Not once does he mention any of that stuff. Well, you know, when we're connecting dots here for the listeners, I mean, we're, we've, our dots were connected a while, a while, a while back ago. But we're, we, we need to help our listeners understand this. And so when you're dealing with Holy Spirit and, and the life living inside the believer, I mean, you have to connect the dot along with this in Romans 8. Because in Romans 8, I'm going to, if that's okay, I'm going to yeah. read that. Because in Romans 8, um, um, it talks about um, the, the life through the Spirit, Holy yeah. Spirit, okay? Yep. And and then when, when you when you go into uh, 10 and 11, which iconically I, I hit, I've been hitting on Romans 8, 11 for past two, since Resurrection yeah. Day and last Sunday. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. And so um, I'm going to read, I'm going to read if we can take some time yeah. a little bit, divert yeah. uh, to uh, get jump back on. Uh, so Romans 8, 11, NIV translation says, but if, if Christ is in you, then, then even though your body is subjected to death because of sin, the spirit gives life. Look, look man, we've been talking about that yep. because of righteousness. Verse 11, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is dwells living in you. in you or dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead also give what? Life to your mortal, mortal body. Because of the spirit lives in you. Yep. So this is the receiving of Holy Spirit. Mm. The Spirit of, I mean, we have Jesus Christ, God the Father, living in us. This is our interconnection. This is, yep. this is what, when, when, you know, um, Jesus ascended, he says, I'm, I'm going to return to you shortly. I'm coming to you, Acts 1 8, by Terry in Jerusalem. Wait for the promise. This is what I've promised you. I'm not going to leave you an orphan, he says. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. Right. You're going to have a comforter. The comforter comes. Right. The ho- Holy Spirit comes. Right. From God's throne. Right. And it, but, but Jesus had to go through what he went through on the cross, resurrected, in order to unlock the kingdom. Because yep. he preaches about the kingdom of heaven is here. He is kingdom. Yep. In order for kingdom to be in us... Not only do we receive Christ, but we have to receive his spirit. 
right. of the kingdom. Well, I mean, verse 12 of Romans 8. Mm-hmm. So then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh, because if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. Mm. But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the mm-hmm. deeds of your body, and, and you will live. For all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. Mm-hmm. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And our the Spirit testifies together with God's Spirit and God's children. And if we are children, then we're also heirs. Mm-hmm. Heirs to what? Heirs to the kingdom. And co-heirs. And co-heirs with Christ. And if indeed we suffer with him, so that way we may be glorified right. with him. So basically what all that is saying is that now that Holy Spirit has come into our life. Yes. Right. Once we come into God and he breathes into us. Yes. Life. Holy Spirit gives life us to our mortal life. life. Mm-hmm. We now no longer have an obligation to live life in the flesh because now we live life a different way. Correct. In the spirit. And we are not slaves anymore. We are now sons of God and joint heirs with Christ. Right. Not to be a God because there's been teachings Correct. out there. We're going to d- d- kill that right now. You're right. not God. Right. But you are his hands and feet. Correct. We are an extension. Just Correct. Holy, Holy Spirit comes in us. We receive him. We open up our hearts to him. And now Holy Spirit lives through us. Correct. We are now extension of the kingdom. Yep. And Gee. we bring the kingdom where we go. Yep. And so, basically, this whole salvation thing is not... Check this out. It is not us being so afraid, and I hit on this on Thursday night. It's not us being so afraid of God and hell that we were forced into being slaves to him to serve him just to get our way. It's us being filled with love and loving him so much that we can come before his face every single day and hear what he has to say and then go into the world and bring his kingdom into the world. Yeah. And that's, I th- I mean, what's what's a more beautiful message, right? That, you know, you were going to burn forever, and but Jesus came and saved you. Or you were dead, and now you're alive. And the spirit of the living God is inside of you, transforming you into the image and likeness of Christ. You have life in you. And, and you know... Um, in, in the in the one of the worst uh, concepts I feel that exists in the body of Christ um, is that we feel that everything has to be perfect in order for me to serve. And the in, in the Bible talks about Jesus talks about you can't wait for the weather to be right for you right. to serve. You 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 jump in when it's good and when it's bad. You and and, and so it's, it's the same process of the of Holy Spirit's moving. <clears throat> excuse me. We cannot wait for conditions. Like, for example, I've been raised in Pentecost like you, and I've been in services like you where people uh, the, uh, has hit euphorias, meaning um, when they first encountered Holy Spirit in their life, um, things, certain aspects of things and services happen. And so what people try to do, and please interject if I'm not explaining this yeah, correctly, yeah. okay? 
what people are tr try to do is they try to recreate that euphoria and they build into a climax of, okay, I got to have this song. I have to have this beat. I have to have this way done that way. That way I can feel the spirit of God and move in the spirit of God and, and have him move through me. So it, it, it's like, okay, it's baseball season. Yep. Okay. How many, um, things that players have in order to bring them luck. Right, a lot. You, you know what I'm saying? I yeah. don't know the exact yeah. where I forget right now, but um, they're almost like these trinkets that they yes. either wear or do. Or yes, some people it's underwear, some people it's necklaces, some people it's um, different. You know, turn around three times, and it's it's these rituals. So these little knickknack rituals, they feel. Oh, you know, for me to had the right moment to hit home run baseball. Yeah. I got to do this, this, and this, and, and, and recreate that moment yep. so that I can hit a home run. But here's the thing that you don't, that people don't understand, right? And I was watching an interview with uh, Aaron Judge, mm -hmm. number 99 of the Yankees. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's my team. Uh -huh. um, and he was saying, basically, you know, you don't try to hit a home run. Mm -mm. You cannot, you, you, you cannot force a home run mm -mm. you just hit the ball yep and and whatever comes about it comes about it right now they're not hitting well no they're not <laughs> but um but no um so he said whenever he's at bat he's not trying to hit a home run because it puts pressure mm -hmm. he's just swinging the bat at the ball yep and he's just trying to hit it off the barrel yep that's all that you try to do mm -hmm. and and so with with these things that the church is doing we are we are trying to have every box ticked. We're trying to do everything right. We're trying to replicate that, quote, home run, mm -hmm. that euphoric feeling. Correct. But that's not what it's about. No. And and if I have faith, wh why do I have to go by feelings? Mm. And, and so what we find people doing is, and I've, I've seen it, I've encountered that here, right. and I'm sure it's, it happens everywhere, that people want that same euphoric experience that they encountered God, um, whether they want they are wanting you to experience what they've experienced, so you can encounter God, uh, whether it be um, um, trying to set everything in motion to have that euphoric experience. But in reality, you just need to obey God. Get up to the bat, swing, sweep it at the plate, swing the bat, and just say, Holy Spirit, yep. have your way. Yep. However I'm going to do this, however you allow me to do this, I'm not trying to hit home run. I'm not trying to hit that euphoria moment of, of everything, the box is checked. I just want to obey God. Right. And, and see, when you're dealing with the Holy Spirit coming and living and moving inside of you, the, the, the life of the Spirit, the, whole, the Holy Spirit living in you, uh, the manifestation of Holy Spirit living in you, it's not reliving the first encounter. Right. It is living yeah. every day encountering yeah. God. Yep. And it's not going to be the same. You know, those of you who are married or in relationships or those of you who have children, you're not going to recreate every moment the same way. It, right. It gets old, specifically in relationships. You did it. You, you, you blessed your spouse one way and you can't go back and recreate that. You can try, but it's never going to be the same. Right. But you, you, relationship with Father God is not always the same. It's going to be every day encountering God encountering holy spirit encountering jesus right. every day yeah you flow in and out of this relationship yep. 
Yep. And now let me ask you. Yeah. Now this is just a personal thing that I want okay. to ask you. Um, ten years ago, okay, wow. what would you have said revival was? <sighs> ten years ago, I used to think revival was, <clears throat> and I used to think it was very um, um, calculated chemistry in my head. Ten years ago, I thought you know if if I had if I fasted this long, if we gave that much, if we as a church offered this much, um, then we would unlock the key for revival and growth. And what did revival look like to you back then? What would you have said that's revival to? Uh, having mass amount of people coming in and being and preaching to a massive amount of people and then being enamored by everything you say and slain out in the spirit, dancing, shouting, the whole works. Right. Ten years ago, that's and so, what I thought. And so, and this is this is my thinking too, until God revealed something to me the other day. How did you get to that point then? What do you mean exactly? Well, you know, revival in our minds a couple years ago, mm-hmm. five, ten years ago, was people jumping, shouting, speaking right. in tongues, dancing, singing, all this stuff. Slain in the Holy Spirit, all it works. How did you get to that point? How would you have gotten to that point back then in your mind? I would did every, I'd, I'd try to do everything to try to hit those markers. Right. And so we were expecting all that stuff, but we didn't understand what led to it. Right. Right. And so... And here's here's where where where, where I'm going with this. It's this. Revival is going to happen when a reidentification happens, when people come and receive Holy Spirit, and pastors are preaching the freedom of Christ. Mm-hmm. The only reason a pe- a person's going to dance is to realize that they've come back to life and they're liberated from slavery. That's the only way a person's going to jump, shout, cry, scream, and, you know, be having this revival moment is when pastors preach the freedom of the gospel and preach, you were once dead, but now you're alive. All the stuff that you did is now washed away. And guess what? You are not a slave anymore. Well, revival, if you break the word down, is to be revived. And all this is is waking up. Yeah. And, and, and so now when I think of revival, it's not calling in some name brand speaker Correct. that you pay a lot of money for. It's not saying we're having revival from this week to that, you know, Correct. You know these particular dates. That's, you know, if that's what the church still thinks revival is, then shut your doors now. Because revival is something totally it, it, revival what god wants to do is not going to look like it was in the 1920s or the 1950s and here's the thing or even that's 1990. not that's not sustainable Mm-mm. i mean look at the asbury revival that right. broke out we haven't heard anything from it, it for months died just like that it came and it went mm-hmm. which was i felt was just a surface level of beginning of signs because we all felt revival starting correct the spirit atmosphere of revival Correct. season of it. But here's the thing. I want something that's sustainable and that I can pass to the next generation. I want something that that my sons and daughters can take further than what I could have ever have imagined. That to me is more more the revivalistic mindset than than what we had ever have imagined it to be. And so what is that looking like? I think it's 
us breathing the Ruach Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. of God into people's life and resurrecting them from this place of death and from, as Romans 8 talks about, this place of slavery and raising them to life, freedom, and liberty. Well, <clears throat> which we, we don't have time to jump in the verse 14, Peter's sermon, but you've you, you got to understand what Peter did. Um, he, he unlocked the kingdom. Yeah. Literally. For those who to, to believe in Christ, he literally unlocked kingdom. And, and when, you, when you're wanting to breed life and revival, it's about kingdom. Yep. And, and so there was an open door to the kingdom of invitation, and therefore the people received and was filled with the kingdom. Yep. And, and, and so when, and here's the, here's the greatest thing. They, they <laughs> this, is, this is backwards. I'm going to tell you straight up. They didn't meet every week. But they, when they came together, the church kept growing, growing, growing. They went house to house. Yep. See, so now understand, understand this. You know, I, I different times and cultures. Different times and cultures. I get this, but what the positive out of a negative, which I'm speaking of COVID, the then there was a negative. Church, church shut down. The country shut down. People's lives were on hold. From the negative came a positive. Therefore, it pushed the church where God needed them to step out of their boundaries and go um, public with their services. Now, church is no longer in the church. Yep. Church is now outside of the church. We, And this is where re- revival, real revival, is not how many people can you gather in your church every Sunday? Right, how many people can you slay in the Spirit? How, you know, how many times can you preach and people be enamored by it? It's not, that's not revival. Revival is the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Correct. Releasing the kingdom. And how are we going to release the kingdom? It's not by might nor by power, but, but it's by, by spirit. the Spirit. It's going to be by Spirit, not by the power you possess. Right. Holy Spirit does this. Yep. And it's breathing that new life into people. And that's what I'm... I mean, this is this is what we've been talking about for for all this time, and it's it just blows my mind that we've had the concept of revival wrong this whole time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that revelation to me when God was talking, well, what is revival? It's it's people coming to life, mm-hmm. and it's them realizing their true identity in Christ. It's a Lazarus moment when yeah. he's been dead for four days. And Jesus comes and says, get up. Yep. He called, and check this out. He called him out by his name, Lazarus, arise. Mm-hmm. And so that's what he's doing. He's calling us by the our name, name. Yes. our identification. Correct. And what, how does he do that? By his breath. Yes. Right? By the whole, by, Holy by Spirit. Holy Spirit mm-hmm. coming and breathing into our yep. nostrils and giving us that new life, mm-hmm. the life of the Spirit not of the flesh. Mm-hmm. Now we are not slaves, but sons and daughters. That's right. Join heirs to the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, there's freedom in this. This is the gospel. The gospel's not turn or burn. This is the gospel. This is the, the re-identification process of the believers to say, wow, Christ died to make me something. Yep. To allow me to bring heaven to earth. 
to make this world look so much like heaven that it becomes one again. Yeah. And and I think this is what he is he God the Father is his whole purpose is now is to reunify the church, the body of Christ, his body. Uh because there's too many broken limbs, there's too many dislocated joints, there are too many um amputations that are going on in the body that God wants to restore and make whole. We've been saying this. We're actually on this sermon series and uh, called the Jubilee. Right. Yep, God, the God of Jubilee. We're in a season, though it's not the calendar year, um, but we are in the season of Jubilee. This is restoration. This is right revival. Yep. Yep. And so that wraps up, I believe, the first bit of Boy, Acts I'm... chapter 2. Wow. <laughs> Part um, one. <laughs> part one, maybe two or three parts. Who will have to say? I don't know. But um, yeah, Holy Spirit comes in, breathes life, mm. rejuvenates us, brings us back to life, and allows us to bring the kingdom. That's what it's about. That's the purpose of Holy Spirit. It's not that he's a lesser being. It's not that he's ranked number three. It's that God, Jesus returned in that moment. Mm -hmm. Jesus returned, came to his disciples, lives inside of them yes god is here heaven is on earth it's time to go and spread the good news and next week we're going to talk about the good news that peter spread we want to thank you for tuning into calvary's compass if you like what you heard check us out on facebook mount calvary church of god if you also like what you heard check out our website mountcalvarycog.com god bless we love you and we'll see you next week